Good afternoon, good morning, good evening. This is another uh, podcast, uh, Doing Shadokin with Mrs. Gertz. Uh, and today we have a very interesting, very interesting guest. We have Pascal, and she's going to talk to us about uh, the Parsha that had to do with Yitro. Who was Yitro? I'll give you a really fast uh, introduction, and then we'll have uh, Pascal explain to us. Uh, He was the father-in-law of Moshe Rabbeinu. And for now, we're going to invite uh, Pascal to give us the whole beautiful story of of them too. Hi, Pascal. Thank you very much. Hello, Mrs. Gerst. So nice to be here again with you. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you. So, yes, Itro is a very interesting character. Itro is, um, uh, this is actually one of his many, many names um, that he got after he converted. So what happened? He was a man that was always trying to to know God. Um, it's an interesting contrast with Bilam, who was a prophet. He was, Bilam was a, a prophet of the non-Jews, that was at the same level that Moshe Rabbeinu. The mm-hmm. difference is he knew Hashem, but he decided to go against him. Um, Itro wanted to know. He had like a soul searching. Like a searcher, a searcher for the truth. Yes, yeah. very similar to the one that um, uh, Abraham Avinu had, mm-hmm. um, trying, to, trying to know God and discover God. Mm-hmm. So he actually went and tried every single religion that existed in the world at that moment. And in each of them, he grew to the highest echelon. So he became, let's say, obviously Christianism didn't exist, but let's say it would, he would have become the Pope. Okay? Uh-huh, very interesting. So he was, or the Dalai Lama, or so he was, he's simply described as Kohen Midian, the priest of Midian. But he was really the, the, the highest priest. Mm-hmm. He was also uh, an advisor to Pharaoh. And he was a very, very special man. But one thing that was characteristic of Itro is that he was a met. He was looking for the truth. And he's also a very thorough person. Mm-hmm. And he would, he would have no nonsense. So when he saw that it, was, it didn't make sense, he would leave and look elsewhere, try something else, which is very commendable. And then it says that uh, Ito heard. What did he hear? He heard two things. Uh, there's a consensus that he heard two things. One thing was the opening of the sea uh, when the Jews came out of Egypt. And then the other thing that he heard is that um, he heard the fight, the, the war of Amalek. Mm-hmm. Why is that so uh, impressive. I mean, to hear about the, uh, a whole group of people, millions of people leaving Mitzrayim, I can understand that it's very impressive. <laughs> See, hearing that the sea opens, I understand it's very impressive. And Some the people, way, and then the way that it happened. And exactly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you want to to describe? No, I mean, you know, uh, there was a moment that uh, they were leaving, and you know, I'm Israel, and, you know. It started to complain. It would have been better. We would have returned here. You have us in the desert, Moshe Rabbeinu. And it was time, like said, hey, there's no time to complain. We have to go. But where? We have the sea in front of us. 
So what do we learn from there? That sometimes we have to, prayer is important, but also action. So who was Nadav? Nachshon ben Aminadav. He understood that the only way was to have this certainty that going into the sea, this was going to take them someplace. And that, okay, now... And so the sea opened, exactly. Mm -hmm. So all this is very impressive. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing is um, Hashem gave the Ten Commandments. There's a discussion whether he came before or after the Ten Commandments. But one thing is for sure, he heard the fight with Amalek. And why was that so impressive to him? I think the, 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 there's a big contrast between living Egypt and uh, living Egypt and Milchemet um, Amalek. For is, those that don't know, Amalek yeah, is uh, the he was born uh, from Amalek is a descendant of, of Esav, Esav, but he's born of incest. Incest, and and there is a big hatred of. Of all Am Israel, if they, he there will always be a hatred towards Am Israel. So that's why Amalek is very. Uh, we have to always be aware of who he is. Okay, let's continue. So on the one hand, we see that the Jews left Mitzrayim, um, led by Moshe Rabbeinu, and everybody followed like one single person with one single heart and they came and they followed in the desert and Hashem remembered Am Israel and freed them. Um, when we arrived in front of the sea and the sea opened, we had a karatatov, which is gratitude, and we sang to Hashem. That's right. On the other hand, you have Amalek, as, as uh, Mrs. Gers uh, just described, Amalek is a descendant of Esav, which means he's a descendant of Yitzchak and Rivka. So, family. And exactly. Now, a, a, a grandchild of um, a grandchild of Abraham. Of Abraham. Now, Abraham, uh, uh, a great-grandchild mm -hmm. of Abraham. Now, Abraham was told that his descendants were going to be um, slaves in the land that is not there, so on and so forth. Now, when Yaakov Avinu was going down to Egypt, he more or less bumped into his brother and said, Brother, I'm going down to Egypt, okay? And to realize the prophecy, would you like to come down with us? And he said, no. He sold his right of firstborn. And he said, no, enjoy. He said, okay, I will go and I will, we will take the slavery, me and my descendants, but when we come out, because we will be redeemed, because Hashem said we will be redeemed, don't fight us. Right. Okay? Right. Very interesting. But this is not what happened. They had chasera karatatov. They were ingrates. They didn't say, well, we, we grew fat and we, were, uh, we, know, we built cities and we became merchants and we made money and we had fun and whatever while you were slaves. So when we asked them if we could please go through the land, they said no. Not only say no, they went and attacked the newborn, the little babies, and the old people, all the people who were not 100% uh, healthy. 
So this is like it's a very a, cowardly a behavior, thing to do. A cowardly and, and totally and ingrate. In, ungrateful. In, in, uh, so, yes. so when he heard that, he said, wow. It was said, Hashem took them out. Hashem can, um, can um, reign over the laws of nature, opening the sea, taking the people out. No slave had ever left Mitzrayim until we left. And yet, God is just and God sees everything happening. And these are all his creatures. And God doesn't punish them immediately because God still believes that people can change. And so when he saw that, he was very impressed. He, he understood that you didn't have to be born necessarily Jewish. Mm-hmm. But that you could understand what it takes to be uh, uh, a, a part of Am Israel. Which, so yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so, sorry. So what is very interesting is that if you want to be uh, the future king of whatever place, you have to be the son or the grandson or the nephew. I mean, you have to be part of that royal family. Okay. Um, I can't just come tomorrow and say I want to be the next Queen of England. No. I mean, I could say that, but I'd be put in a mental home. Um, but to be Jewish, it's interesting because we are persecuted. People say that we are race or whatever. Are we are race, are we are religion. Yeah, we can see you Jewish, so and so forth. Um, what are we? We really are a nation, but just like somebody can move to United States, ask for a green card, and eventually mm-hmm. learn about the Constitution, pass that exam, and become an American, an American citizen. Amavdil, you can do that to become Jewish, which means any child born from a Jewish stomach, from a Jewish mother, mm-hmm. is Jewish. Correct. But anybody who wishes to become Jewish apart from a descendant of Amalek, which today is very difficult to identify, exactly. um, can convert. So you can become Jewish. You can become Jewish. And that's something that people will say, who would want to do such a thing? It's something that you are maybe born with. It. I've heard rabbis saying that a lot of the uh, souls sometimes a very special tzaddikim, are put on in different bodies that are not necessarily Jewish, mm-hmm. and that they go through a process of, of searching, maybe even Israel, yes. to search for the truth, and by doing that, they arrive to really, what does it mean to be Jewish? To just understand that there is a oneness that, that there's a oneness and there's nothing that is material or nothing that is an idol or nothing. It's it's a manifestation of a source. And to understand that, it takes a special, uh, I would say, uh, neshama to understand that. But let's continue. Yes. So, so mm-hmm. yeah, what's really interesting is, is what's the difference between a Jewish world and a non-Jewish world? So um, we all have Jewish friends and non-Jewish friends. And yeah, of course, one looks like this and one looks like that. That's, uh, 
the, the physical, okay? Apart from the physical, I think that we can have this with any kind of friends. There is, I mean, you, 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 it's difficult to see the difference between a Jewish person and a non-Jewish person unless they're wearing particular religious garb, okay? But if you see a Jewish woman that has a wig, okay, and a non-Jewish woman, and they're both wearing a dress, and they're both, it's winter, let's say, they're both wearing boots, and they're both wearing a long dress and a jacket, whatever, you wouldn't know who's Jewish, who's not Jewish, especially they with the wonderful wigs that are being sold. Yes. Um, if you were somebody who, who draws blood in a lab, you would see no difference between one or the other. If you were a doctor checking somebody in the hospital, you would see no difference between a Jewish person and a non-Jewish person. All right? But there is a fundamental difference. Now, a Jewish person who's in touch with their soul and, souls and understand what, what Judaism is will have a totally different outlook on the world. Now, if, unfortunately, we're talking about a Jew who's been robbed of his heritage, he would be exactly like a, like a non-Jew. And sometimes non-Jews, because they did soul-searching, they would be at a different level than that Jew that knows nothing and has never stopped for one second. Yes. Which is a very, very sad thing. But basically, when you're Jewish, you understand uh, one thing. You understand that Hashem, which is an energy, that's the closest thing we, we can say to describing, even though it's not even an energy, but Hashem, that is the source, like you say, um, wills everything into existence, which means if you're sitting on a chair, that chair now has energy that makes it like a chair, because Hashem so wills it so that we can sit down. If we're eating a bread, also, it's something that Hashem has put his energy in so that we can we can be um, satisfied and and eat anything you see anything you enjoy <coughs> excuse me mm-hmm. Hashem wills it into existence at that moment for us to enjoy Beautiful. same thing with people once you understand that Hashem wills things into into existence and that Hashem wills the world to be exactly the way it is then you cannot really be sad or frustrated about anything because this is the challenge that Hashem wants us to go through. So you're saying that Judaism is not a, a, a faith, and uh, it's not that I'm comparing. It's, you know, uh, a lot of other religions have it in a way easier because they tell you, follow this, and then someone will come and redeem you. And in Judaism, what you I'm have understanding, to redeem you have to redeem yourself because uh, the Almighty, the source of sources, gives you the tools to do so. Totally. Very That's why we we actually every day we do cheshbon nefesh. Every day we have a, we want to do better. Rectify we have so many of our tikkunim to rectify mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. left, right, and center because. It's like any any psych- psychiatrist will tell you. You can only help a person who wants to help themselves. themselves. You cannot go, or, or, or even a nutritionist, somebody goes for a diet, yeah, I can give you the diet all you want. The person can eat everything that's on the diet, and then it's a whole box of chocolate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah? Nobody's uh, and they say, well, did you eat according to my plan? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, and they're saying the truth. They did eat everything that was on the paper. What they didn't tell you is what they ate on top of that. That's right. 
yeah, so so you're coming back to what you were saying about Yitro. He was a soul searcher, and when he saw two important things that you said, just to remind us, was number one, the opening of of uh, um, the sign. I mean, the um, sea. The sea, which is you know we can say anything we want, but it's something that. We have never Very even impressive. fathomed how that can happen. And then the second one, to fight the enemy that will always exist. Because it says, do not forget who he is. Which means, always understand what he represents. Okay? So, uh, we will continue next class. It was so beautiful. If you have any questions... Uh, please contact us. Shidduchim uh, with Mrs. Gertz. Making it work. Thank you very much and have a good Shabbat. My pleasure. Okay. All the best. Bye.